morning, it is number 349 in the gray hymnals. Uh, since this one is familiar to most of us, Ruth is able to give us a short introduction and then Francie will help us sing both verses. We gather together number 349. Please remain seated as always so that you can share hymnals with those who are just learning to read or learning to read music. morning. To everyone, and especially those of you visiting us for the first time or returning after a time away from us, welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Society of Geneva. As Unitarian Universalists, we are part of a long tradition of religious freedom and theological inclusiveness, welcoming our differences and diversities as valued gifts to our community. We are bound together not by any creed, but by our covenant, and all those who find themselves in harmony with that covenant are welcome in this house. I am Seth Prisco, worship associate for this service. Our senior minister here at UUSG, the Reverend Dr. Lindsay Bates, is on a well-deserved vacation until tomorrow. In the event of an emergency today, please contact Mark Elliman, whose phone number is on page six of your mini pioneer. Our congressional administrator, Katie Phillips, is also off work today. This weekend's worship leader is Tom Thomas. Our other staff and volunteers are listed in the mini pioneer. Our coffee hour is held in our common room between 9.30 and the 11.15 services. We hope that those attending the second service will come a little early, and those attending the first service will stay a little afterwards, so that we can all have a chance to be together and share a cup of coffee. Our common room is just up this ramp and through this door. Everyone is welcome. Newcomers are especially invited to join us during social time after either service. A member of our membership committee will be available at the Welcome Center next to the coffee table in the common room on the west wall. You know them by their blue name tags. They are particularly able to answer any questions newcomers often have, but you'll find everyone eager to either answer questions or to help track down someone who can. If you grab a blue rather than a white mug at the coffee hour, folks will know you're new and make sure you're getting any help that you may need.
We also invite you to take home one of our welcoming brochures that you'll find in the hymnal racks. It includes our covenant, our mission statement, and contact information for our staff as well as any form to help you request more specific information. Children and youth will be leaving later in the service for their Sunday morning activities. We welcome any newcomers that would like to attend our church school classes. If your child would like to participate, we do ask that you fill out the temporary registration slip so that you'll also find in the hymnal rack and send it along with your child to class. We do have a nursery care available for the youngest members of our community. Parents may take their little ones over to the nursery at any time they need to. Just come up this ramp all the way through the common room to the hall at the far end and the nursery will be on your right. Please, please feel free to ask a greeter if you need help finding it. Our mini Pioneer Bulletin includes not only our order of worship, but also a lot of important information about the many events happening here at UUSG. So you'll want to have the latest edition with you at home to refer to during the week. We do ask, however, that you leave the laminated cover either next to the basket here or at the top of the ramp or the one at the back of the sanctuary for use again next week. There will be an Affordable Care Act enrollment event here at UUSG on Monday, December 8th from 3 to 7. For more information, please send an email to healthcare at uusg.org or to the office. Or talk to Bill Scowen. Bill, can you please stand up for us? Thank you. The cookie walk this Friday, and uh, we still need uh, bakers and helpers. Uh, 510 dozen cookies have uh, promised toward our goal of 600 dozen cookies. If you can bake or help at the event, please sign up in our common room today. Today is the last day to sign up for our 2014 Circle Suppers. Sign up in the common room or at the website printed on page 3 of your Mini Pioneer. Finally, if you're carrying a cell phone or any other potentially distracting electronic devices, please take a moment to set them to silent mode. Then let us, as in our custom, take a few moments to greet the people sitting around us until the ring of the gong calls us back together in silence for our prelude. Please talk amongst yourselves. All right, you bring her up, okay. and I'll hand you the stuff.
The flaming chalice is the symbol of our larger Unitarian Universalist community, our shared historical tradition, our covenant, and our faith. We have asked Ellie Montgomery to light our chalice this morning as we bring this advice to you from our spiritual ancestor, Ralph Waddle Emerson. Cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and to give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. In spirit we gather and welcome to this house. The words of our song of praise are printed in the order of service. Please rise as you are able and willing. Reading 445, The Womb of Stars by Joy Atkins. Those on the pulpit side, please read the passages in Roman type. And those on the piano side, please read the passages in italics. The womb of stars embraces us. Remnants of their fiery furnace pulses through our veins. We are of the stars, the dust of the explosions cast across we are the, the earth. We breathe and live in the breath of ancient planets and beasts. Their cells nourish the soil. We build our communities on their harvests of gifts. Our fingers trace the curves carved in clay and stone by forebears unknown to us. We are part of the greatest circle We gather anew this day to celebrate our common heritage. May we recall in gratitude all that has given us birth. Our covenant written by and for this congregation in 1842 is always a part of our shared worship. You'll find the words in our order of worship. We will read them together and then join in singing our doxology. Being desirous of promoting practical goodness in the world and aiding each other in our moral and religious improvement, we have associated ourselves together, not as agreeing in opinion, not as to maintain universal truth in belief or perfection in character, but seekers after truth and goodness.
Okay, so we're going to now have a few interesting and important announcements. First, from George Tattersfield. One minute, George. I know. <laughs> that will be the day. <laughs> but I have three things on my mind to discuss with you today, none of which will take very much time. Number one, if you had a sort of dull Thanksgiving yesterday or whenever it was Thursday and you wanted to have a really good time next time, come here. We had a marvelous, marvelous dinner for Thanksgiving, and, and I want to thank uh, Vonnie and, and Jeannie Neltner for organizing it, and it was just terrific. So I hope we're going to do it as a, make it a tradition. I promise to cook a turkey next time if they did, and uh, all was well. Here, finally, number two, I am here for the final pestering announcement concerning our special fundraiser for our much, in my mind, much-needed assistant minister. Today is the last day of the official fundraising period. Now, that's not to say that we won't accept the money if it comes in in January, but nevertheless, we would like to get it as soon as we can uh, so we know what we're doing. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the only, way we can, we, the only way we can really choose this thing, I mean, in, in May, we all raised our hands and said, this is a wonderful idea and everything else and all that stuff. Well, it's come time to let the rubber hit the road and, 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 and write out a pledge card. So right now we have, and I don't have Katie around to help me because she's on vacation, and as we know, she runs this place and keeps those kinds of records because she knows I'll lose them. But at any rate, uh, we're about, we have about 70, 75 people who have, have pledged, which is, you know, if Lindsay was talking this time, she'd be talking about total commitment and all that stuff, and I'm not going to get onto that. But nevertheless, we've, we've raised about $160,000, $165,000 towards our, our, our goal of $240,000. So I did a real rough estimate on the back of, a, of an envelope, as sales guys do, and came out with a pretty interesting thing. If about 75 of us would kick in five bucks a week, every week, for the next three years, would knock this thing down. That means one less quarter pounder with cheese with the, with, the, with the home fries or whatever they give you, a six-pack of beer, a trip to Starbucks once a week, and throw it into the kitty, and we would take care of it. So, uh, you know, not to be a, a pain in the neck about this whole thing, but we really do want to be able to afford this and move on, and if we cannot, we will not. I mean, it's just it's that simple. So, okay. Finally, um, if you're trying to do something stimulating, uh, this afternoon and you don't have anything in mind to do, come back here around 3 o'clock. The mental health, uh, in <laughs> mental health industry, man, I was making their money. The mental health, the mental health ministry, of which I am a part, is going to be uh, led by Paige Porras. And trust me, she knows what she's talking about. She's very, very good at this kind of thing. And the subject is going to be, and she told me to use this word first, avoidance of suicide. So um, anyway... For those other folks, we've been kind of having these meetings now for the past three months, and last week, I, or last month, I talked about uh, how I've been fighting off the, uh, the, the battle with the bear myself, uh, taking little blue pills that help me with depression, and it's remarkable how many people have understood that the stigma of this thing doesn't need to be a stigma, and we can get out of the closet and really talk about it, and it really helps us if we do. So, at any rate, 3 o'clock this afternoon in the common room, Page porous, and then we'll have a little discussion. We'll have you out of here in an hour and a half, and I find it tremendously stimulating. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. And now that the kids come up and help us uh, do the rally. 
So throughout December, our Beyond Our Walls contributions are going to go to the Holiday Lights, which is going to be divided among four causes that are described on page eight of the Mini Pioneer. Elba's Kids Smile Train Triple Set Aurora and Why You Use Habitat Family. Now, Kate Frazier wasn't able to stick around to tell you about Triple Set Aurora, so I'll read what she prepared. Triple Threat Mentoring is a nonprofit organization based in Aurora. Its mission is to empower underserved kids by youth by helping them develop confidence, character, and life skills. Many of the kids Triple Threat serves come from low-income households with limited opportunities for growth and development. Few community resources exist for education and extracurricular activities, leaving kids at risk for poverty, drug trafficking, crime, and illiteracy. Triple Threat Mentoring has partnered with the East Aurora School District to serve more than 3,000 elementary students. They offer weekly programming and special events in the areas of arts, academics, and athletics, hence the name Triple Threat. Current programs range from bike repair, cooking, and community gardening to, holiday, to money management, maybe holiday management too, and reading comprehension. Money collected through UUSG's Holiday Lights Fund will allow staff to purchase needed supplies for these and other programs. Your generosity truly does make a difference. So. Hi. Is this on? Yeah? Okay. Uh, I'm Holly Orcutt, and um, this, these are my daughters, Lucinda and Delia Connolly, and I'm here um, on behalf of them. They are um, interested, and in, we have been fundraising for Smile Train. Smile Train is a um, great charity that provides surgeries for kids with cleft lip and palate. Um, in developing countries, um, a lot of the kids who have cleft lip and palate are not allowed to go to school. They may not be able to work, may be ostracized in their own family. And um, the surgery itself only costs about $250, um, but many families, that's way outside their reach. One thing that's really excellent about Smile Train is that they actually go in and train the local doctors. So they, don't, they really sort of do the uh, teach a person to fish kind of mentality. And it's, um, I think unique to really be able to change a kid's life for $250. So my kids have committed to raising money for 27 surgeries for kids, and we have been working hard at that, and we're really excited to be included as part of this um, Holiday Lights uh, fundraising efforts. Um. Smile Train is a nice charity because it helps save people's lives. Thank you. Hi, I'm Abby Zacker. I'm part of the Why Are You uh, group here. Um, for the past 14 years, we've gone on trips with Habitat for Humanity. And for the past six, we've gone up to Itasca County. Um, last summer was no different. 
great summer up at Itasca County and built a house for uh, Tina, Tina Busing and her family. Um, Tina is a single mother. She has been since she was 17, and she works with disabled people. She's a really nice person. Um, she works alongside us on the job site along with her son, Jordan, who's 17, and Jace, well, he was enjoyable. <laughs> he was very fun. Um, little eight-year-old. Um, Tina only had to put in 300 hours to receive the house as part of one of the requirements, um, and she put in 400 hours working alongside um, her house and other people's houses as well. Part of the money that gets raised for the Holiday Lights Foundation will go, or foundation, <laughs> the donation, will go to uh, purchasing a gift card for Tina and her family um, to uh, buy whatever they need around the house or uh, help pay for um, holiday gifts. So pitching a little money, bring a little holiday cheer to some families. Good morning, I'm Alba Kareem. Um, many of you know that I'm a trauma therapist. I work mostly with kids here locally in St. Charles. Um, part of the holiday funds is being designated this year to help the kids again this year. Um, I work with all kinds of different kids, some kids affected by natural disasters like the tornado that happened in Washington, um, Missouri, I'm sorry, Illinois, <laughs> earlier this year. I work mostly, though, with kids who are abused or neglected. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that about 88% of kids affected by abuse, including sexual abuse, um, do so at the hands of family members or close relatives um, or people known to the family. What often happens in these families, the families become split, people take sides, and if that person happens to be the breadwinner of the family, often that person leaves the children and often takes all the resources with them. I had a, a little girl this past fall um, whom when the stepfather was accused drained all the bank accounts, took most of the things of relative worth in the family including the three-year-old's car seat. So through the help of some families within our community and outside of our community we were able to help that particular family. We have lots of kids that we can help. Um, teenagers are one of the most overlooked group of kids um, especially for holiday giving. Often. Everybody wants to give a book or a teddy bear to the little kids, but nobody wants to give the teenagers um, money for those boxer shorts to have hanging out of their pants later that day, <laughs> those kinds of things. So we're doing a collection for money, gift cards, and actual gifts, which can be left in the YU room downstairs, or I can come collect them from you. So please give generously. Thank you. go on back to your parents so we're going to have the offering you're quite welcome to make your pledges and donations for the UUSG operating fund at this time as well if you'd like your offering to go toward your pledge or to UUSG please be sure you make the check or the envelope for UUSG you don't need to make any decisions this month it's all going to go to holiday lights let our weekly offering to support UUSG and the holiday light be gladly given and gratefully received Thank you. 
generosity to one another and your support of the work we all do together, our thanks. And now it is time for all those who are participating in this morning's religious education activities to proceed quietly up the ramp. And now please join together in a spirit of meditation, contemplation, and prayer. To enter into our meditation time, I bring you a poem called Kalidus by Lawrence Edwards. Take refuge in your breath. Let go of the mind and rest in the breath. Like the very dearest of friends, your breath has accompanied you through all the pains, sorrows, and joys of your life. Take refuge in your breath. With loving attention, follow its every movement. Unravel the mystery of where the breath finds repose. Listen with rapt attention to your dear friend. The breath has been speaking to you since you were born. Discover the mantra it whispers to you continuously, affirming the infinitude of your being. Hamsa is the ground on which this mad dance of existence pounds on. Unravel the mystery of where mantra arises and where it dissolves.
I have two readings for you this morning. The first is a poem by Ken Nye called Einstein on Time. Someone told me once that Einstein thought time is a variable, that he thought that time is not a constant. Are you following this? See, I think Einstein was right. When I was a child, a year was a year. Now a year is a week. When I was a child, a week was a whole bunch of days of limitless possibilities, so numerous that I planned ahead only as far as the afternoon. Now, a week is a few meetings interspersed with frenetic activity that I have apparently convinced myself is important. Never mind enjoying the moment, never mind stopping to smell the roses. Yesterday, a lifetime was forever, immeasurable, like a light year. But today, swirling in a mix of tomorrows and yesterdays, a light year is comprehensible, measurable, and finite. But let's not talk cosmic stuff. Let's not throw in big words to impress. If Einstein was right, and I think he was, where is the throttle? How do I slow this thing down? And the second is a prayer of the Arizona Hopi Nation. There is a river flowing now very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel they are being torn apart and they will suffer greatly. No, the river has its destination. The elders say we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river, keep our eyes open and our heads above the water. See who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment that we do, our spiritual growth and journey comes to a halt. The time of the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred manner and in celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And now please join me in singing hymn number 326 in the Gray Hymnal. Please rise as you are willing and able.
We've been talking a lot lately about membership at UUSG. We have discussed the costs of membership and what is expected of us as members. So, here's a quiz. What five things did Lindsay tell us all were expected of members? Okay, relax. I'm not actually giving you a quiz. The fact that you knew or didn't know the answer is entirely beside the point. I could have asked a lot of questions. What's our total operating budget for the coming year? Or since we started giving our collection proceeds entirely to charity, how much have we given? Ours is a faith tradition that makes demands of us. It's not about getting to heaven and avoiding hell. It is about rolling up your sleeves and making heaven right here and now out of the hell around us. Every week, we remind ourselves of the covenant that draws us together and keeps us coming back. Every week, we give of our time, talent, and treasure in big ways like picking up tools and helping Habitat for Humanity build a house, or we promote practical goodness in small ways like making coffee and snacks at social time, or serving on committees, or welcoming newcomers, or pulling weeds. So, let me ask you something. Aren't you just a little tired of promoting practical goodness? I mean, it just never ends. Jesus said there will be poor always, and he wasn't kidding. For every homeless family we help to survive, there are 10 we can't reach. For every kid we reach in juvenile detention, there are 10 who go out and re-offend. For every plastic bottle we pick up from the side of the road and recycle, there are a thousand more filling up our landfills and our oceans and our great lakes. Don't get me wrong, doing practical goodness in the world is important. But is that all we're doing here? Are we just a social service organization? Because if we are solely defined by the good works we do, then where does worship come in? If my sole desire is to do good work, to try to fix the mess we've made of this planet, there are plenty of organizations I can join. In fact, like many of you, I am a member of several such organizations. I am also a proud member of the Unitarian Universalist Society of Geneva. So what does that mean? We've spent a lot of time this year talking about what membership demands of us. Over the past week, we've celebrated Thanksgiving. My personal celebration began last Sunday with our annual gingerbread communion. There is a wall of gratitude in the common room made up of things for which we are all grateful. We all know the wonderful story that serves as the basis for that holiday and we all know that the events of that story are probably not entirely true. Certainly, the story of our European ancestors' relationship with those they found already living in the land Columbus discovered is complicated at best and tragic at worst. But the holiday persists. It persists, I think, because there is a need for it. There is a great spiritual need to spend a little time quietly paying attention to our blessings. This morning, I want to spend a little time talking about the blessings of membership. If you ask our fundamentalist Christian friends why they go to church, they will tell you that they come together to worship God and to pray together. 
Members of pretty much all doctrinal faiths gather regularly, and the primary stated reasons for those gatherings is always worship. So where does that leave us? Is it possible to worship if you don't have a doctrine? Well, worship is sometimes narrowly understood as bowing down to some supposed deity. The etymology of the word, though, leads us to a more significant activity. The root of worship is worth-ship, considering things of worth. The word religion comes from religare, and it means to bind up, to reconnect. Worship is thus the central activity of religion, because through worship we reconnect with worth. Worship is one of the primary tools we use to aid each other in our moral and religious improvement. Many members of other faith traditions will describe a gathering of Unitarian Universalists as a social club, a party, uh, a debating society, or other more colorful and perhaps less flattering terms. The truth is, any time a group of people gather together to consider the fundamental questions of existence, they are engaged in worship. Every one of us is a seeker after truth. We have struggled and are still struggling with the fundamental questions. You know those questions. Why are we here? Which means both how did we get here and is there a purpose to our being here? Why is the world the way it is? And can I make it better? Should I make it better? What is my responsibility to the world and to my fellow creatures? Many of us came to this place because we were unsatisfied with the standard answers to those questions and because that dissatisfaction made us feel unwelcome. Many of us came here because we were seeking and we stayed not because we found answers but because we found ourselves in the company of other seekers. Being surrounded by others who don't have all the answers gives us permission to keep asking the questions. It gives us someone to bounce our answers off of, confident that we won't be ridiculed. Yeah, well, let me correct that. It's entirely possible that our answers will be ridiculed. It's pretty likely they'll be argued with, and it's almost certain they'll be questioned. But we will not be ridiculed for proposing them. This tendency to discuss is one of the benefits of membership. Whatever questions you have about life, the universe, and everything, be sure that someone else here is struggling with the same thing. Whatever shy, incomplete answers you have so far developed, be sure that if you want to give voice to them, someone here will listen. And then compare your answers to their own small truths, and in that comparison, each of you may find a slightly better truth. Of course, we don't limit ourselves to introspection in our search for truth. We tend to travel rather far and wide among other faith traditions. In this church, we have groups who are actively studying Buddhism, earth-based traditions, the Bible, ethical humanism, and atheism, to mention just a few, and it isn't just our adults. Our church school curriculum encourages our young people to recognize and struggle with the big questions and to define their own path through life. If you have children, then you know better than I that a religious education that focuses on inclusion and respect 
is another benefit of membership. Another reason we come together in church is that we are not all standing in the same place on Maslow's pyramid. Many of you are already familiar with Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs, but if you are not, then let me give you the stunningly oversimplified version here. Maslow was an American psychologist who suggested that it is not possible to focus on finding love, for example, if you are starving to death. He stacked basic human needs one on top of another to form a pyramid. At the bottom are physiologic needs like food and shelter. Above that is the need to feel safe. Once we are fed and we feel safe, then we can look at what Maslow termed belonging needs. We are social creatures, and if you deny us contact with our own kind, we go mad. There is a reason solitary confinement is a punishment of last resort in prisons. Above belonging needs comes esteem needs, the need for self-respect and the respect of our fellows. Only after one has all those needs met can you begin to chase the top level, the level of self-actualization. None of us is certain of how stable our footing is on that pyramid. At any time, we can lose our job, our home, our loved ones. We've seen a lot of that lately. And if you hang around, you'll see more in the future. Another benefit of membership is that there are people in this place who stand ready to help when life hands you these lovely little surprises. We have our WOW team ready to handle practical matters, like bringing food when cooking has become too difficult, or providing transportation to those of us who cannot drive but nevertheless have places we need to be. When we first joined this church, my wife was forced to spend a summer in the hospital. It was an ordeal for my daughter and I, but we didn't starve because members of this church made certain that we had food in the house. I know others here who can tell similar stories. And I know still others who can tell stories of the joy of being the one providing the food or the ride or moving the boxes. And that, too, is a privilege of membership. Sometimes the help we need is less practical but no less vital. One of my favorite authors, Spider Robinson, has posited the law of the conservation of pain, also called Callahan's Law. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we refute entropy. Sometimes, even when the practical concerns are handled, the pain remains. At those times, we can try to tough it out, clutch the pain to us and struggle to endure until eventually the pain wears away all of our strength. Or we can diminish the pain by sharing it. Diminishing pain by sharing it is the mission of our lay ministers. I don't know how many of my fellow lay ministers know that they were applying Callahan's law, but they are and they have been. And you should know that when you find yourself in pain, there are people who will sit with you and listen. And that is a privilege of membership. Another reason churches exist is to celebrate transitions. Life is not a straight line. It generally lacks consistency. In my day job, I teach classes to businesses in change management. But here, 
is the dirty little secret of change management. You don't manage change. Telling someone they're going to learn to manage change is like telling the captain of a ship you're going to teach them to manage the sea. Any sailor knows you don't manage the sea, you adapt to the changes it throws at you. Life is like an ocean crossing. For a certain distance, you sail a given bearing, and then you change your course, and then you do it again. Every life has its own unique set of challenges, but we also have some points of transition in common. We are born, we somehow transition into adolescence, we survive adolescence, and we pass into young adulthood. We fall in love, we may get married, we may have children of our own, and then learn that passing through those stages is entirely different than guiding our children through them. In ancient times, there was such a thing as a coming-of-age ceremony. Most cultures in the past, and therefore most faith traditions, had a way of marking these transition points. Our society at large pays very little, different, very little attention to the difference between being a child and being an adult. We have a legal age of majority, but our society recognizes the transition without marking it and does nothing to help us think our way through it. Here at UUSG, we hold naming and dedication ceremonies, our version of christening. We celebrate marriages and we come together to memorialize those who have passed. The church is a place where we remind ourselves that we are not passing through this life alone. The word auditorium comes from the Latin and means literally a place to be heard. When two people who love each other make a commitment to each other to love and cherish and care for each other for the rest of their lives, they want that promise to be witnessed. And at the same time, they want to enlist the aid of those who witness to help them carry out their promise. Churches have always been places where we celebrate our successes, make public our promises, and share our grief. Having a place to be heard is another benefit of membership. Now, I've been discussing privileges and benefits of membership in churches in general and this church in particular, but there's one that stands apart, not just as a benefit, but as the central purpose of church membership. A church, any church, is ideally a place for renaissance or rebirth. Our evangelist friends tell us that you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. This concept of spiritual renewal is not unique to Christianity. Every faith tradition recognizes that our spirits take a beating as we pass through this world, and they all address the need for repair. Heraclitus said, no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. We are always in process of becoming. No one is a finished product. Church is a place where we come together to help each other become our own best selves. Every day is a new beginning, and every day we are reborn. A healthy UU church is one of the greatest bargains of all time. Where else can you bring in a pile of pain and trade it for a sack of joy? Where else can you discuss the really big questions and really talk about them without animosity? We come to church not to confirm our devotion to an unchanging set of absolute truths, but to have our truths challenged. 
We come to church to examine together the persons we are in process of becoming. No matter how much it frightens us, the truth is that change is the basic stuff of life. What is true of individuals is also true of the organizations we form together. This is where we shoulder the burden together. This is a place where we come together to promote practical goodness, but it also needs to be a place where we come together regularly to tell stories of gratitude for the place we have created together and to dream in detail of the place we are in process of creating. Certainly, we need to face honestly the challenges the world offers, but this must also be a place for us to sit quietly and heal our spirits to dwell every so often on the good we have done and to celebrate our small victories. There is great healing power in gratitude. Many scientific studies, including research by renowned psychologists Robert Emmons and Michael McCullough, have found that people who consciously focus on gratitude experience greater emotional well-being and physical health than those who don't. Dennis Waitley, the author of The Psychology of Winning, says, Happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, worn, or consumed. Happiness is the spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. Building heaven here on earth is a process of combining gratitude for the past, action in the present, and dreaming of a better future. Visualizing the future you want helps you to live it into reality. The gospel of certainty is spreading. Religion and politics have begun to bleed into each other, and we are hearing politicians say things like, I will never compromise, and defining compromise as the place where those who disagree with me are forced to support my point of view. In these uncertain economic times, the message of certainty is attractive. The world is changing, and this frightens us. It feels as if the ground is moving under our feet, and we get so scared that we start to cling to a past that maybe really never was. But there are always those who will tell us that the past was a golden age and that all that is necessary for our happiness is to hold on tight to traditional values. And they point to a holy book, the Bible or the Koran or the sayings of Chairman Mao or whatever, and they tell us, here is truth, here is safety, here is certainty. They preach the gospel. Gospel means good news. Well, we have a gospel too, and the world needs to hear it. Ours is the gospel of, I don't know, and neither do you, and that's okay. <laughs> Ours is the gospel of, I respect your point of view. Now, here's what's wrong with it. More and more, the world needs a place for uncertainty and will need it more in the future. There must always be a place for those who comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. We must dream a dream of that place, this place, and what it will be in the future. We must work together to refine the vision and make it as detailed as possible. Start with all the things this place already does well and imagine a world where we can do more of what we already do well. And imagine a world 
where every so often we need to take time to dream together of how what we love most about this church, this community, this family can help to heal the world's pain and meet the world's deep need. Henry David Thoreau said, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. This is where they should be. Now, put the foundations under them. Now please join me in singing hymn number 68. rise as you are willing and able. Turn in the back of your hymnals to our unison closing, number 447. The words of Albert Schweitzer. Let us read these words together. At times, our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. Now please be seated for our postlude and benediction.
I extinguish the flame of our congregation's chalice, take this flame into the chalice of your own heart. Dwell for a time in gratitude for the heat, and then take that heat out into the world that needs it so desperately. Blessed be, and amen.